Joining us now is Debbie Kay, the president of Portland's League of Women Voters. She's here to talk about the League of Women Voters and what they're doing to inform and empower voters in the upcoming election. On the line also is my dad. Debbie Kay, good morning, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. You've been president of the League of Women Voters for about a year. You've been a member for a long, long time. What got you engaged in the League? <laughs> it's a, kind of a personal funny story. My oldest friend's mother was very involved with the League uh, in the 70s and 80s. Her name was Leanne McCall. And when I returned to Portland in 1990, having grown up here, came back then uh, with my family and Mrs. McCall said, Debbie, you must join the League of Women Voters. And so having always done what she told me, I joined the League of Women Voters and I'm very grateful because it gave me a marvelous opportunity to learn about my natal community as an adult and meet some extraordinary people, very, very smart, very capable, and very engaged with the uh, workings of our city. And I want to plant something in your brain that I'm going to come back to in a few minutes, but I also want to plant it in Dad's brain, that we just had a chance to interview one of the candidates for Secretary of State, the Republican candidate for Secretary of State, Kim Thatcher. And and I know you all don't endorse candidates, so I won't ask uh, that specifically, but I might be interested in your thoughts about what you hope the next, next Secretary of State does. So think about that for a moment. That's a teaser, because what I want to ask, and that's also a teaser for you, because I want to talk about that in a, in a minute, Brig pop in also. But tell us more about Abigail Scott Dunaway, uh, any of that history that people should know or how it connects with your work. Well, thanks. That's a great, fun question. Um, Abigail Scott Dunaway was an, an immigrant from the East. She came over the expanse of this country um, on a wagon train and settled in the Willamette Valley. She had a great many personal challenges that I don't have memorized, and I'm not going to get into them. But um, she felt very, very strongly about women's rights and set about uh, working with people like, um, um, uh, for heaven's sakes, I'll get back to that, uh, to establish the opportunity for women to vote in Oregon. She ran several uh, newspapers, and uh, I know that her husband fell ill. She was the breadwinner for the family. She had a millinery shop for a while, but her life's work was really women's rights and access to the vote. The league this election cycle, what have been your top priorities? Oh, my goodness. Um, certainly making sure that uh, everyone who can is registered. Of course, with COVID, that's present, presented some different challenges. But I've been thinking that the Merriam-Webster word of the year this year should probably be pivot because everybody has had to pivot and done so um, with a remarkable amount of success. And I'm very proud of the way that we have done that as well. So we have focused um, right now especially on getting our nonpartisan information into the hands of voters. And we do that in so many ways. We do it um, online through our website, lwvpdx.org. On that website, you can find um, a uh, print version of our well-known voter's guide, well-known in part because it is nonpartisan and it will give you the information uh, you need to be uh, an informed and uh, good voter. And we also have a video voters guide, which is interviews, short interviews individually with candidates running for local positions as well as uh, for Congress. We were focusing especially on East County. And then we have uh, eight debates, four of them on ballot measures and four of them uh, candidates running in runoff elections. And we also have a speakers bureau. We provide 
um, balanced, neutral information, again, nonpartisan, on the ballot measures for organizations. And of course, this year, that's all being done through Zoom. And um, that is available, except for the, the uh, Speakers Bureau, that's all available on the website, lwvpdx.org. We have said that we, we think that X-Ray has done more candidate interviews than any media organization. Uh, the Good only the only well, I, I think that's true. The only organization I can think of, and maybe in the modern world, there are a lot of things that are media organizations that might have us beat is, in fact, the League of Women Voters, because you have chapters all over the state that are doing what you're doing. Do you know how many video voters guides you guys put out? You all put out? The video voters' guides are done here in the greater Portland area and also um, through, uh, we work with Metro East Community Media and then also the Tualatin Valley folks. Um, that uh, cable organization handles Washington and Clackamas counties. I know that they've done debates in Deschutes County, but I'm not sure uh, how many others do the video voters' guide. And how many candidate interviews have you all done? Do you know Do you know how many of those Let's there are total? See, there were 17 video voters' guides. Um, then the debates were another eight. And that was just for this election. Of course, we did many, many, many more for the primary last May. Well, if any of those you're wanting to be broadcast and get additional air... Uh, it wouldn't be my it wouldn't be my decision, but I certainly know the person to be making that decision. If that's something that's interesting to you, uh, that we do are wanting to uh, make sure people have all the voter information that they can get. Uh, let me ask about. We just had a chance to talk to Kim Thatcher. As you are looking at the Secretary of State's race, what do you think uh, voters need to have in mind? What are the ways that Secretary of State's work and League of Women Voters' work intersect? Most importantly. They, is in, in, uh, they intersect most importantly around uh, access to the ballot and access to ballot information. So um, I have applauded Dennis Richardson while he was still with us, of course, for expanding the roles, the voter roles in the state of Oregon. He made it easier for people who might have missed an election or two. Uh, unlike some states where people are kicked off the, the list of eligible voters if they've missed an election or two. A famous example last spring, I believe it was in Ohio, they purged 250,000 voters. One of those was the president of the League of Women Voters of Ohio, who had never missed an election in her life. So that does provide a great deal of concern about how voter lists called rolls are purged. So I think that is a primary uh, job of the Secretary of State. And of course, the other primary job with respect to ballots and and uh, electing is that the safety of the ballot. So I have had the chance to um, visit the Multnomah County Elections Division twice in the last 10 years when they were counting ballots. It is an extraordinary and so secure process. Tim Scott is our elections director. He has spoken um, on a cybersecurity event for the League of Women Voters last fall. My gosh, it's a year ago. And he is absolutely devoted to the security of each and every ballot. It's impressive. I feel wonderful about it. And we are so fortunate in Oregon to have had vote by mail for 20 years. And it was a former Secretary of State, Phil Kiesling, who helped bring that to us. And I'm forever grateful to him. And I was one of those people that my children call clipboard people. I was carrying a clipboard to secure 
uh, names on petitions to get us vote by mail, and I'm proud of it. Dad, any reflections on the Secretary of State race or any question for Debbie Kay? Yeah, one one quick question. The when when I was living in the in in Umatilla County, I was aware that the candidate fairs that the league had was were, were one of the most important events in, in the election. But but years but before that, uh, my first experience. Uh, after I moved to Oregon permanently, working was was working for Bob Straub in Bob Straub's campaign in 1966, and he was rather critical of the league because of the rules that it had then about what you could and could not do at one of the fairs. Uh, what what could be done in in the way of wearing insignia and passing out literature and so on. And I wonder, so two questions, what has COVID done to the fairs? And second, what are the rules now as to what candidates can and cannot display or do at the fairs? Uh, well, COVID, of course, has made the fairs non-existent. So, and we in Portland haven't done candidate fairs in many years, certainly not since I've been involved with the league. We have preferred doing forums um, where there's, you know, the people up on the dais answering questions and an audience um, sitting where the audience sits, writing questions on three-by-five cards that we then present to the candidates. Uh, as for the, the rules about what candidates may and may not wear or bring, uh, in part that depends on the venue, um, and, but the league wants everything to be as even as possible so that candidates can make their own choices. And that is the reason for those rules that um, restrict the, the button wearing and the flyers and the rest of it. All of that material can be put in a foyer, but not in the room where the fair or the debate or forum is taking place. Well, Debbie Kay, I want to thank you so much for your role in Legal and Voters, one of the most important organ- civil organizations that our town and our country has with such an amazing history and such a critical present. Thank you for being present with us this morning. Thank you for inviting me. It was fun to talk with you both.